Hey, it's Jay here from The Dive Table, and we're really excited about our dive clubs. And if you enjoy the show, we would ask you to become a sponsor and join one of our exclusive, all-inclusive clubs. There are three of them. The first one we're calling the Caffeine Pusher Club. This is really to buy Nick a coffee to keep his brain moving and to make sure that the content doesn't stink. The second club is our Tank Monkey Club, and this is to fill our tanks so that we keep on breathing underwater, which is important. And the final club is our High Roller Club, which is really buying us a couple tacos and keeping Nick and I living the high life. So if you enjoy the show and you're considered becoming a sponsor, go to thedivetable.com and click on Join a Dive Club in the upper right corner. Or you can go to patreon.com backslash the dive table. Thank you to all of you that are considering this and thank you to all of our current patrons today. Welcome to the dive table. I'm Jay Gardner and with me as always coming straight from Malaysia, Mr. Nicholas Hogel. Nick, how are you doing today? Uh, to be honest, I am a little bit tired. I just got back from the Philippines early this morning and uh, it was it was a fun trip. But yeah, it was a for for a shorter distance. It was just long travels just because there was a lot of layovers in in the Philippines. And uh, it was fun. Though. It was first time in the Philippines. So it was actually a really cool trip. Uh, met some awesome people and uh, I, I was able to get a recording in, which is always a plus. And yeah, so I had to take a little power nap before today just to kind of kind of get going just because, yeah, a little bit, a little bit tired, but I'm looking forward to this episode. You're like that commercial for Bud Light or whatever it was where you take a power nap before you go out at night. Nick takes a power <laughs> nap before he podcasts. That's that's right. That's a that's the power power podcast power nap. That's a good one. I have to ask, though, the most important question about the Philippines. I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point, but. Did you eat any ponsit or or adobo? You know, I did not. Um, to to be honest, I oh. I didn't I didn't go down the culinary road as much as I would have liked to down there. Um, uh, a lot of Western food. Let me. A lot of attempts at Western food, I should say, and then just a couple of um, different things here and there. But um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't go down the culinary road, and it was. I think it was only seven days I was out there, so it was it was a pretty short trip. Um, but yeah, I definitely need to explore there a lot more. Uh, a lot of nice, yeah, no, not a no lot kidding. of nice area out there. No kidding, I'm I'm jealous that you're so close. Well, good. We have uh, someone else with us today, which we're really excited that he has joined the show. So I'll let you introduce him. But um, really excited about today's show. podcast for scuba divers everywhere. Take your seat at the dive table with your hosts, Nick Hogel and Jay Gardner. So today I'm excited because we today have Robin Coista, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm right. butchering names, but hopefully we got that. Um, and uh, he is, you were the founder of Sulawesi Dive Trek, right? That's the shop right. that you started out there in Indonesia? Correct. And um, that's in the uh, Wakatobi area, uh, Sulawesi, I'm sorry, Sulawesi area of Indonesia. I'm familiar with uh, North Sulawesi, but not so much South Sulawesi, so I'm kind of excited to hear about that. Um, Robin is a cave explorer. Uh, I'm really, really excited to hear about some of the different things that he's doing out there. And uh, he just uh, recently, in, as in the last couple months, um, they're talking uh, the Nixie expeditions, which I'm really also excited to hear about. So, um, and that's Palau Muna. Is that how you pronounce that? Yes, Palau Muna. Okay, um, but yeah, I will. Uh, I will refrain from introductions. I will let you kind of have the the table um, as you will, just to kind of introduce yourself and uh, talk a little bit about you know what you're doing out there. Um, but yeah, just a, a brief intro, and then we can kind of. Start hitting with those hard-hitting questions. All right. So I've been living here in Sulawesi for the last uh, six years. So I moved there in 2016 and uh, started cave exploration right away. That's actually the reason why I moved from Bali to Sulawesi. 
Um, and when I saw the potential in the area when it came to uh, cave, but also ocean diving, I had the idea of uh, starting a business. Unfortunately, I didn't really have any uh, cash with me as I mostly spent everything diving. So it took me a, a while to, to find like some someone to to kind of uh, found my, my dream. And I met uh, Antoine, with, who is the owner of Bali Dive Trek, so the, the mothership that uh, went along with my ID and helped me to start the business. So I opened Sulawesi Dive Trek in October 2019 and been through uh, two complicated years, of course, with the pandemic. Uh, but now I'm back on track and mostly diving every day, so I cannot really complain. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's about all. So the, the place where I'm located is actually southeast Sulawesi. So Sulawesi is a very big island that is divided in, divided in four provinces. Uh, south Sulawesi, central, north, and south, southeast. A part of southeast Sulawesi is uh, Wakatobi. So it's an archipelago of uh, small carbonate island, uh, Bhutan Island, and uh, Moon Island. So I've been uh, living between those three group of islands. Uh, started in Wakatobi, and now I moved in Bhutan Island in the city of Baobao, which is basically halfway between Muna and Wakatobi. So it's a pretty remote, uh, pretty remote area. Not so much foreigners. Access is not yet. Super easy, but so far so good. I'm enjoying my time here. So, how did you? Um, were you just into cave diving, obviously, before you f found your way out there, or mm -hmm. how? How did that all unfold? Because um, I, I mean, I'm not 100% sure. I don't think there is any cave diving in the Bali area, but correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not sure on that. Um, so. Actually, we started uh, we started from the end of the story, and we kind of moving to the beginning. <laughs> so, okay, well, that, that's an interesting way to do it. So before that, I was living in Bali uh, and working as a recreational diving instructor, and I was already in, into cave diving since two thousand thirteen or fourteen, fourteen I think, and. Uh, to make it short, so I was living in Bali and went through a heartbreaking story with my ex-girlfriend and decided to, to move location, uh, you know, to take some fresh air, which is a uh, cave and definitely not the best place to get some, some fresh air. But anyway, um, and I, so I was like in, in summer 2016 and I decided to, to leave Bali for a while and, and, do for, and go for a cave diving trip. And I couldn't find really anything about uh, Indonesia. So, you know, like I opened my web browser and searched for cave diving Indonesia and just had a few a few hits, but basically nothing really uh, commercially organized. So I decided myself to find some because I thought that in such a big country, uh, there must be some cave around. So I managed to find a map, a geological map, of uh, Indonesia and identified a few a few areas that was potentially uh, good for uh, cave and underwater cave. And I focused on this part of Southeast Sulawesi because I knew that in this, uh, in this part of Indonesia, I would be able to find a dive center and compressor and tank that would support my operation. And when I decided to go to go there, uh, when I was preparing my stuff, I by talking with some people, I, I realized that actually uh, some diver uh, been there like the, the previous year, uh, Mark Crane and Ed Stockdale, uh, but they've only been there uh, for a few days. And um, I talked with them, and and they didn't stay long, I think, because one of them caught the dengue or, or the malaria or something like that. Uh, but anyway, um, I borrowed some equipment from Mark and took my backpack and moved there in August 2016 and started the exploration right away. So when I arrived there, I was like 
not really speaking Indonesian, like literally nobody speak English. So it took me a little bit of time to make contact and, and get some things and, and find a car and find friends. But yeah, at some point I managed to, to put my uh, feet in the water and find some cave. So I love that the, the origin story there, yes, is exploration, but sounds like uh, the, the tough love story yeah, kind yeah, of well, kicked you out of the nest. So. <laughs> well, she's actually the, she was actually the same, the same one that uh, put me into diving. So my, my first uh, DSD was on holidays with her in Cuba in 2006. So you see? Wow, so, wow. Uh, beginning and the end. I was related to, to diving. <laughs> there you go. See, yeah, I've I've heard I've heard some stories uh, about the the love uh, uh, impetus for diving. So you're not alone, I think, Robin, in that. But it, but amazing, right? I mean, it's you know what where it leads you and and how it goes and needing to stretch the legs uh, has led you to this amazing new experience. Yep. So. Uh, so obviously you're not from Southeast Asia originally. So let's kind of go even farther back. We'll rewind you a little bit more and say, so where are you from? And then it sounds like you ended up doing your, your first scuba in Cuba, which is pretty awesome uh, yeah, yeah. story. So, so tell us kind of the story. Where are you from? How in the world <laughs> did you end up in Cuba in, you know, a, a kit and a reg and, and doing some discover scuba there? Um, so I'm, I'm born and raised in Paris, so I'm a city boy. Um, and yeah, I was just I was just like into traveling. So we're lucky in France. We have like a minimum of five weeks of paid holidays, uh, even more. So uh, I was traveling a lot, and I went to Cuba because I don't know why not. You know, like I I was feeling that this country was. Uh, going to open up very soon and kind of lose something. So I, I went there on a road trip for a month. And towards the end of the trip, we, we, we hit this part, the west, the west part of the island, which is called uh, Maria La Gorda, uh, the, the big fat Maria. And uh, it's famous for diving. And I remember we arrived there around like 3 or 4 p.m. So the, the day is like almost over. And my ex told me like, oh, uh, here's there's the there's this dive center. You should try diving, and it's super nice and blah blah blah. And me, I was like, ah. <laughs> well, okay, let's 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 give it a try, you know, yeah, be open. So we arrived at the dive center, and the guys were like almost closing, uh, and they said, oh, we're closing, blah blah blah. I said, oh, please, can you take us? Ah, but we don't have time to to do any briefing and stuff. Have you already dived? And me and my, my ex, she said, oh, yeah, yeah, no worries. And then she just told me, okay, so you put, put your regulator, uh, uh, keep breathing, and everything is going to be fine. So we put the tank on, just jump from the jetty, do a half an hour under the jetty, very shallow. And, uh, yeah, I was hooked for life. And then I went, <laughs> I went back to France, and then every single... Holidays were like focused on diving. We've been to San Martin, Mexico, uh, Thailand, Philippines, uh, uh, French Polynesia, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so until 2013, uh, 2013, I moved to Thailand. So in France, there is something if you... If you've been for six years in the same company, so I was working in IT before. If you've been six years in the same company, you have the right to ask a sabbatical for one year. So they let you go. Uh, of course, you're not getting paid, but they let you go and they have to take you back uh, at the same uh, level, and same salary and same responsibility. By law, it's like something that we have by law. So, uh, so my ex was like, oh yeah, we should, we should, uh, we should do that. And I was like, ah, oh, but I have a good job and I don't know if I leave now, blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, yeah, well, anyway, I'm going to leave. So uh, you follow me or you're not. I said, all right. <laughs> uh, so we, we decided to, to move to uh, Thailand, to Kotao. 
but this time I was already a rescue diver, had a few a few dozen dives under my belt, and I wanted to give it a try um, for the dive master course. Not really, not really like with the objective of working as a diver, but just to you know, uh, you 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 learn diving, you you dive every day, uh, just like you you in the game. So we moved there and. It, it took us a few a few days to to go around the island and and try to pick pick the the proper dive center and I wanted to do this in a non French dive center because my English was pretty bad I mean it's not so good yet but it was really really bad at this point so I I, I was thinking that going in the English speaking dive center would definitely help help me and we uh, found this dive center called Octopus. Uh, Rocktopus is in North Seri. Um and when we were in the dive center, like the owner was were here and like super friendly, hey mate, blah blah blah, and every dive instructor and DMTs and and uh, dive master were like beautiful people with a super good vibe, and then like we signed up right away, like we had a good the, the good feeling, and that's where then I met. Uh, my first tech instructor, Chris Aslam, that put me into diving and into uh, like the, the, the basic technical diving levels. I was at the end of my dive master, so after like almost a year uh, diving every day. And he then hooked me up with, uh, he told me like, oh yeah, I met this French guy in, in uh, last year. I did my KEF course with him. His name is Pascal Bernabe, which was uh, famous at this time for being the, the deepest uh, open circuit diver and a very, very uh, experienced cave explorer in France. And then he put me in contact with the guy, and I was like, I contacted him. I said, hey, Pascal, so in French, hey, Pascal, I'm a friend of Chris, and I want to do this cave diving thing, but uh, I mean, I'm a dive master in Thailand, and I'm broke, and I cannot really afford you now. And because the guy was like 250, 300 euro a day, which is like the, the, the ongoing rate. Uh, for for cave diving, and I so yeah I don't have that much money and uh, I don't have gear also. I mean I have my my, my <laughs> single BCD, and he was like oh yeah, no problem I have this uh, couple of Russian coming uh, in three months uh, they already paid the course full price blah 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 if you want you just come tag along and you will like pay me beers at the restaurant at night and and that's it. So I, I, when I went back to France in 2014, did my cave course with him, and it was I was miserable. It was pretty hard, but I was uh, hooked up. And then I was only thinking about that until uh, so I managed to go diving in Mexico, in Philippines. Also, I did a little bit of cave diving, and uh, moved to Indonesia, and then moved to Sulawesi, and and here here I am now. <laughs> yeah. You oh. made it all the way to the dive table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you went, that was my main goal to Cuba. Achieved, yeah. achieved. Yeah, you saw the dive table sticker yeah. in Cuba and said, yeah. "Someday." <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Welcome. Okay. No, amazing story. Um, no, that's, that's great. When you, so when you went back to France, was that, had you have, had you been diving like cold water or was that like something completely new for you? Uh, well, no, actually when I went for my cave diving course, uh, it was my first dive in, uh, metro, metropolitan France, my first dive in uh, cold water and my first dive with dry suit. So uh, that, that you imagine the first day and the two other guys, in the course were like uh, Polish divers. They had like thousands of Baltic sea deep crack diving. Like, and me, I end up the, the first two day like walking on the ceiling of the cave with my dry suit because I could not manage it. So uh, that was, yeah. You were a cave farmer. Oh, no. <laughs> that's why I said I was miserable. Uh, yeah no that's that's wild um i couldn't even imagine that like i i had like a slow progression into cold water diving it wasn't just like okay here you go um but i do remember my first dry suit dive and that's definitely 
it's 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 a new learning curve for sure. Uh, that's pretty wild. And no, you know, that's such a good uh, story, though. No, no, I'm thinking about it. Like I would totally not advise anybody to do that. Like if someone come to me and say, like, oh yeah, I never did dry suit, I never dove in cold water, can I learn cave diving with you in France? I would say no. It's like not a good idea. But um, <laughs> Pascal is from this this like. Uh, Ancient generation, old generation, old school. Um, so, you know, she's just like, yeah, come on, come on. It's going to be okay. And uh, I mean, I learned by mistake, uh, but I managed to do it at some point and I have no regret. And the course was great and I was a great instructor and I had a very, very good time. And I learned a lot. And and actually, I think I had my, my uh, mindset of exploring coming from this, this course because uh, the guys... Before being a, a dive instructor, is a cave explorer. So the way I learned cave diving, well, or now that now that I'm think, think about it, was already like focused on exploration. So I had a lot of tricks, and he actually is the first one I called when I de- I decided like okay I'm gonna go to South Sulawesi. Uh, I knew it was gonna be like uh, solo cave diving exploration, which is uh, like every single agency will tell you no, big big no. And uh, but that's how, how most exploration take place in France or in England or in, in those, those countries. So I called Pascal and said, "Look, uh, so you, I want to do cave exploration, and I, I cannot find a buddy because nobody was doing cave diving in Indonesia at this time. Uh, well, what is your advice?" And he was like, mm, "You know, it's not, it's not going to be the, the the easiest thing to do, and it's risky, but." Um, yeah, be conservative, and then we had like a lot of talk about what happened if this happened, that, 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 and well, so far so good. I made it alive, so <laughs> I guess the advice were good. So I have two questions upon that. Uh, one, do you do you find yourself back in France or Europe anywhere diving caves anymore? And two, I would love to hear about your like the first solo exploration that you did, and if you remember that, if it was like uh, was obviously Indonesia, I'm assuming. Just kind of talking about that, was it? Were you you know quote unquote were you were you shitting bricks or were you like like, shit? What's going on? So um, the first question, yes, I do go back in France every year, and I do uh, cave dive. Uh, I'm more into nowadays. I'm more into like uh, what we would call what would you call like uh, sump diving, so like progressing in a dry cave and then hit some uh, some underwater siphon. Uh, but yeah, I love friends. The, the caves are amazing. Uh, the the main play, main province where we have the cave is like such a, a beautiful countryside. The food, the wine, the cheese. Uh, the filling station is like amazing. It's really, really a, a place I, I always looking forward to come back to. Um, second question is, oh yeah, uh, exploration. So I went, my first dive was in this cave uh, under the city. So I arrived in Baobao first, which is the capital city of Bhutan Island. And uh, I went to this cave because I was already uh, uh, known and dived by local diver, like mostly single tank, you know, kind of cavern, cavern-ish. And I know that it's one of the caves where Ed, Ed Stockdale uh, been diving. And I was not planning, it was not like, I was not planning an exploration at this, for, for this dive, just like, you know, like a warm-up dive and, and try to, to, to see if my equipment was okay and if I was in a good mindset. And I remember like doing the dive, um, reached the end of the line, and I was like, okay, no, I have, I mean, I was not planning exploration, but I have a reel, I have some light, I have a lot of gas left, so why not uh, start to pop my head into a small, small hole? And I actually found a, um, a small squeeze, a small crack that was leading to another exit. So I, I managed to surface in another cave, and I was like, oh, wow. And as far as I know, there was no line here, so uh, I guess it was my first exploration. And then I laid the line, dropped my arrow, and come back. 
and was like, oh yeah, it's done. I'm a cave explorer now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Just instantly hooked. <laughs> instantly hooked. And then I stayed there like for uh, months and months. Uh, so the funny story is like, so when I arrived there, I, I so Baobao is like a kind of a, a port city. So, you know, you have this very big port where a lot of uh, ships pass, pass by and you have this central central part of the town very close by the port, which is a little bit like, you know, like dirty and, and not really welcoming. And I found like a, and of course there, like not any hotel was on booking or Agoda or this kind of stuff. So I found one of these very uh, dodgy uh, hotel place. And I was, I dropped my sink there. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to stay here for long. Anyway, uh, next day I, I, I rent a motorbike, cruise in the city. And some guy stopped by me and said, hey, he was actually speaking a little bit of English. Hey, mister, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, I'm a diver. And so we start, we start talking. He said, oh, follow me. I'm, I'm going to a barbecue with my friend. I said, okay, yeah, why not? So I followed the guy. I arrived at this place. And there, were, there was like four or five guys sitting on a, on a bench. And they, they all had like paddy t-shirt and like a diver, blah, blah, blah. I'm scuba diver. And actually it was like a, some young guys from the area that was that were like scuba diving. And I told them about my project, like using a dictionary and trying to help me, move me, a cave. <laughs> uh, and the guy was like, oh, wow, super cool. Yeah, we know, we know a lot of cave. Um, you know what? You should, uh, you should come to my place and stay with me. And then we will drive you uh, to, the, to the places. So I, I went to the hotel, checked out, moved to, to the guy place. And I stayed there for like a couple months, like every day they would bring me there, there, there. And then when the, you know, when you start exploring and people hear about you, then they're sharing more. Oh yeah, I've heard about this cave, this cave, and this island, you should go. Uh, Muna, blah, 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 Wakatobi. And that's how I built my network. And everybody has uh, been super, super helpful on my exploration. Well, that's so cool in the sense that you followed a guy on a motorbike yeah. and there was kind of Shangri-La that you were looking for, you know, at least, yeah. at least the beginning of it. So uh, again, it's, it's interesting because there's this, we just did this episode on, you know, the, the lessons learned in the first year of this podcast mm -hmm. and diving and things that, that were extracted. And one of them for me was, you know, be on the boat, whatever that looks like, you know, show up, follow the guy, you know, on the motorcycle, because it would be really easy to say no, right? Like I'm going to follow some guy to a barbecue at his friend's house that I don't know. It's you would, know, a little shady. I would never do that like in France or probably not in the U.S. or so. Or in any other place in the world. But Indonesia is like, I don't know, I feel safe here. So I say, yeah, let's go. And well. What the heck, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's being on the boat, right? It's mm -hmm. it's showing up. Um and and seeing what happens. I mean, it could have been a complete bust, too. So it's it's cool to hear those stories of of just uh, again putting yourself out there because you don't know what's going to happen. It's not necessarily a, a known thing where you just show up at a dive center mm -hmm. and you know they tell you you know be here on Friday at nine and you'll be done by Sunday at six type of oh, thing. No. It's it's no, going out way. there, putting yourself out there. It actually yeah. took me like so. It actually took me like almost uh, a week from the time I land in Barbao to the time I was doing my first dive. Organized the car and the tanks and blah, 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 and finding line and this kind of stuff. So it took me a lot of time. So tell me, so, so from there, kind of the origin of, of you arriving to now you've fast forwarded to actually opening a dive center I think you guys opened up in 2019, somewhere mm. around there. Correct. <laughs> Excuse me. So tell me, tell me a little bit about the journey of. I know you spent a lot of time exploring, 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 and then eventually it came to you that hey, look, like we need a a center, we need somewhere to mm -hmm. to base this stuff. So tell us a little bit about the journey of of maybe um, your exploration path, and then what led you to actually deciding to open up a dive shop. Uh, 
Um, well, thing is, when you explore cave, uh, you spend time and money. Okay, nobody is giving you money for that. Uh, so at some point, I was exploring, exploring, and my my bank account was like getting low and low and low. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I need to find a way to to uh, to fund this. And and of course, I, I thought directly about. Uh, while well, turning this into a commercial operation. But at this time, I was, uh, um, so 2016, I was only a cave diver. So also it took me like basically between 2000. So when, basically the, the, the idea of opening the, the business came pretty quickly uh, during the exploration. And then it took me almost like three years from 2016 to 2019 to work through my uh, cave instructor uh, rating. Because of course, it's not something you can do like this, like a one week IDC and here you are like full cave instructor. So you need to go through the cavern and then teach, 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 and then come back and do the instructor, the intro to cave part, teach, teach, teach. And then the full cave, you have to be evaluated by different person. So it took a lot of time and a lot of uh, travel back and forth between uh, Indonesia and France and Mexico because uh, there was well, no uh, IT in Asia. Well, actually, they, they were in IT, but I, I, I heard about him like later when I was already instructor. Uh, but yeah, it took me time to come back and and do the, this process. Um, so now, yeah, now I'm mostly like teach cave diving for a living, uh, trying to guide also a certified cave diver. But the thing is also, uh, I basically lived on the local market for uh, two years because no, no, nobody could enter uh, um, could enter Indonesia. So mostly I was teaching because there were not certified cave divers, and now like people are getting certified. There is there are other instructors uh, teaching cave diving also. So the, the the market is kind of kind of growing. And anyway, the country is fully open now, and I'm expecting that uh, eventually and finally this year, 2023, I'm going to have like people coming from all over the world. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's it's interesting, the journey into or from your personal exploration and diving into then sharing that with others. And in some ways, I'm getting a, a sense too that that you see yourself and and maybe the dive center as opening up the area that you're in as a worldwide destination for, for cave diving. So tell us a little bit about the cave. So you've obviously dove the caves in France. You've dove the caves in, it sounds like in Mexico. Have you been out to to Florida into the, those, those caves at all? Not yet. Not yet. I'm planning to go there uh, soon. I have a friend actually that's working now in the dive center in Florida a friend from Paris is uh, working with uh, Ed Sorenson. So I have my eyes like targeting his place uh, <laughs> and we'll go, there, we'll go there at some point. You know, uh, once you, you're in the, in the diving game, you cannot really afford anymore to like spend four grand for like 10 days of cave diving or whatever diving around the world. So you always go with like opportunities or have this friend working there, that friend going there. And so I'm uh, patiently waiting and I will go, I will pop there at some point for sure. Um, What's your friend's name in Florida? Uh, Just out of curiosity. Midi. Midi. So yeah, Midi. Yeah. So a really good friend of mine just finished his cave with, uh, with Midi. Um, Literally. So uh, this year, a couple a, of months ago. He's so. like me, he's from the, the suburb of France. So we kind of going coming from the, the same same area. And I met him in, in Bali actually when I was living in Bali. And then he took his uh, own road, I took my road and we both went to cave diving. So we like the, the Paris uh, Paris crew, you know, <laughs> in cave diving. Uh, what was the question again? <coughs> uh, I lost track. Yeah, so tell me about the, the caves. What what's the oh, what's yeah. the what do they look like? What's the topography? What's the depth? All, all of that oh, fun stuff. Yeah, amazing. 
amazing cave. Um, so what's nice about the area is that we have a very huge diversity of cave. So whatever you taste uh, in cave diving, uh, we have basically have uh, uh, the cave for you. So now that I'm done with the advertisement, um, so yeah, we have we have like some uh, network of sinkhole, the kind of the same way uh, as you have in Mexico, with easy access, stairs, and people doing their life around. Um, so very shallow, uh, very easy to access, perfect for learning cave diving. So those caves are most mostly in Wakatobi, really in the middle of the city. So uh, from my base in Wakatobi, all the caves are less than 10 minutes driving. We could even walk to the cave. So super, super wow. easy. And when when you're here to learn cave diving, especially at Cavern and Intro Level, it's really the perfect place because uh, I mean, the adventure of carrying the tank and going in the jungle that will come later, you know, but for Cavern and Intro, it's good to be able to only focus on uh, learning actual cave diving. Um, then, so that's in Wakatobi. Most of the other caves are in the Muna area. So Muna is uh, is named uh, Negeri Seribugoa in Indonesia, which means the land of thousand caves. And there you have a very big variety of caves. So a very shallow, maze-like cave, a very, very deep sinkhole, like, you know, kind of sanctum style with like 200 meters of, of cliff around. Uh, you have uh, Enkelan caves, so caves that are mixed uh, from fresh and seawaters. You have a long network, you have shorter caves, you have fracture caves, so you have really, really uh, a big spectrum of, of caves. What would you say is your favorite cave out there? Well, my favorite cave is the cave that's going to be the the center of attention of Nixie expedition. So Laulawi Cave in Muna. So that's a cave I found in 2018. So I was on an exploration campaign with one of my friends uh, from Paris. And he left, he left two days before the end. So I was like in Muna for two more days. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm just gonna hang around and walk and you know, do what I'm doing the time to speak with people or do you know where this water around where is this cave have you heard about cave or have you seen like bats or like following pipe in the on the on the ground and anyway so i i found this guy i say oh i'm i'm looking for cave blah blah, blah. So, oh yes it's this nice cave uphill uh, let me take you there um so we go there and it was actually like a case that was used for uh or do you say like there was a like a big pump to, to bring the water for the village and so usually that could be a problem when you when you go diving there you know because people are very sensitive when uh when it comes to uh fresh water of to drinking water and anyway the guy told me oh no worries i'm the I, I used to be the head of the village or whatever and say, well, you can go so i go there and i was i only had like maybe uh 100 meter of line left, you know, so I go there, the thing is going, oh, super good, I empty my reel, I'm done, okay, well, I will come back later, and then uh, I surface, uh, go on with my life, and I haven't visited the cave for like maybe a year, because I had like other project and blah, 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 when it was still in uh, some corner of my head, and one day, I go back there, and thing was like uh, big, 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 and then uh, um, Maria and Rasmus and Pete Missley came, uh, that was in February 2020, uh, for a cave diving trip, and we went back to this cave and just kept going, kept going, it was getting bigger, and like, you know, the, the kind of cave you, I think, find once in your life of cave explorer, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, um, yeah, and so when they left, I kept exploring until I reached the the, the limit of my own capacity of uh, solo uh, 
cave diver, you know, if you go like four tank, uh, four or five tank, and you're getting like two hours, two hours and a half uh, from the entry, uh, there's like a lot of things going on in your head. And based, so that's where I call the big guy and say, oh, guys, we should, uh, you should help me to explore that. And at this time, uh, um, Maria, was do was part of this uh, expedition of Chunanha, and then we had talking about that. We had the idea to to make uh, when well, she had the idea to make her own expedition with her friend Ranva, and then we brainstorm and thought about this cave, and here we are, next expedition. That's awesome. Um, so I, I I read something somewhere that said only ten foreign visitors in the last four years have been to that area. So this is completely pristine, uh, untouched. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, circumstance. You know, the the I wish we had more, but as I said, like mostly, uh, mostly had like a local uh, diver coming, um, and this cave. Also, is like it's not a cave where I when I where I bring everybody because uh, it's very sensitive and and I had to go through a, a very long process with the the village to get access. Um, so yeah, it's still a place where like very very few people have dived, and I wish and I hope that for the future many people will have the chance to to see it. Cool. Talk talk a little bit because um, I'm real curious to know the logistics that go into an exploration project in such a remote area. Like, is it just months of planning? I mean, because that's that's the type of thing. Like, oh, you know, you don't want to forget something and realize, mm-hmm. oh, that's that's just so far away. So, because I'm sure that's kind mm-hmm. of a huge part of planning that goes into that. It's not like, oh, I could just run yeah. up to the shop and grab it. It's like, I need to bring everything with me. Yeah, yeah. So you're lucky you're speaking to the head of logistic right now. <laughs> um, so uh, the thing is, this we're going to need a lot of logistic, of course, a lot of things to, to bring, a lot of things to import. But I kind of have the experience now of uh, uh, this area and I have my I have my base here and I, I'm basically, uh, when I'm, taking a, a trip to Moon Island, which is like the, the, the majority of my uh, activity, uh, I have to be like self-reliant. So now I have the experience in knowing what is available there, what's not available, uh, which is probably why I've been appointed head of logistics. Um, but yeah, basically we need to import everything. I mean, import from uh, either from abroad or from uh, the, the, the closest uh, place where you can buy like dive equipment and spare parts and this kind of stuff would be Bali. Um, so yeah, so we need to bring everything. So think about uh, the sorb, rebreather part, uh, compressor, filter, spare part for compressor, spare compressor. I, I own two compressor. I own uh, two, well, no, actually only one booster, but I'm, I'm planning to, uh, to uh, buy another one. So I need to have everything in double because I cannot, if something breaks, I cannot drive and go to the shop and say, oh, yeah, I need this, please, I'm going to a trip now. Okay, so my, uh, my whole, ex- whole experience is uh, based off on having uh, proper logistics and you have to think about everything. So I'm living uh, surrounded by checklists everywhere. So checklists for cave diving trips, checklists for um, cave course, tech diving, ocean, rib reserve, blah, 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 uh, uh, First aid, etc., etc. So yeah, you really need to think about everything. No, I couldn't even imagine. Uh, I couldn't even imagine just the the amount of things. I mean, be, just because you know, I I know like just little fun diving trips, and I'm like, oh, I need to bring this, I need to bring that. But you're, I mean, you need to be completely self sufficient in oh, yeah. every aspect of. Um, so you're flying things in from everywhere, um, and you're just are you just kind of bringing the compressor on a boat, carrying it over there, setting it up? Like, is there a base of operations over there that you have in the local village? Okay, so 
Uh, I live in a big house here in Bobao where I have everything. My, it's like basically a dive shop. Uh, so there's like my compressor room, my pleasure room with rope and stuff. <laughs> uh, um, and yeah, so when we go to, when we go, Muna is not far away. So I, from my place, I drive like maybe 15 minutes to the harbor. And then you have a big ferry. You can jump on the ferry with your car or your like pickup. So we basically load everything in the pickup and then we're on the island. So I always traveling with my compressor and my spares and my, I basically have a mobile uh, dive center. So uh, mostly we drive, we drive and then we have a few places where we stay. So hotel or like guest house or living in people house. And usually we, we just establish camp there, drop the compressor. And from here, we're kind of going there, 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 exploring the area, and then move to another place and going, going there, there. So yeah, it requires a lot of, it's pretty exhausting actually, to, to be honest. Uh, me as a dive guide, I don't have like, I envy like people in Mexico, you know, so they, they show up at the shop at eight and get ready. Hi guys, let's go diving, blah, blah, blah. And five, okay, see you. Uh, and then they can go and meet their friend and go on with their life. I'm basically going like 24 hours with my guests. We stay at the same place, have breakfast, lunch, dinner together. And when they sleep, when they go sleeping, I need to go and fix my uh, regulator, fix the compressor because uh, I don't have like a, a shop boy with, that will do, do the thing for me. So of course I have staff with me that are very capable and very uh, smart, but still uh, we, we, we need to do everything by ourselves. Uh, fixing the compressor, changing the filter, and oh, my SPG is leaking, Robin, can you have a look at that? And blah, 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 blah. So uh, long, long day, I, but I really, really enjoy it. I would not trade this for anything else. So you're not going back to IT? Uh, <laughs> uh, I went, so uh, I came back to IT for a few months in 2018. Uh, for two reasons, because I lost my grandfather at this time, so I had to go back to France and sort sourcing. And uh, I wanted to buy myself a Triton rebreather, and I didn't have uh, six grand to spare. And uh, so I went back to France a few months, worked my uh, work in doing IT again, and then I decided never again. <laughs> but I made some money and I, I, I managed to, to buy a reviser. So, so far, so good. I like that. I like that. I like that plan. That's a good, that's, that's how I feel about the same thing. It's go back when you, <laughs> excuse me, when you have to, to earn enough to do X and then move on. I haven't figured out the move on part um, yet, but that's, uh, that's great. But the thing is, if when you open a business like that, you need to have, of course, especially in such a remote, so, uh, I've set up like a new activity in a country, new country. Uh, uh, so, and off top of that, I had the, the, the pandemic. So I had to have a little bit of cash, uh, you know, uh, in my bank accounts to, for those dark months when I, I wouldn't have any customer. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand the, uh, that side of it well not from a diving perspective but from a business perspective you know you're taking on a lot of risk and there isn't a lot of known stuff for you to rely on there mm -hmm. so hats off to you for for giving it a go and surviving the pandemic and then also you know, continuing to push forward i mean that's uh it's not easy to be kind of a pioneer not only in in discovering some of the caves but then trying to build a a business and a practice around that that's going to like you say pay the bills uh for you to continue going so all of that's not easy and and hats off for uh for all the hard work that you've put into that i think that that's uh it's not something maybe that you you uh you get a chance to breathe and celebrate a little bit but we can we can certainly do that for you thank you um Appreciate. yes so so tell me all right maybe maybe we can we can start to wrap this up in in this way so tell me we fast forward three years, five years. You choose the the timeline. Mm -hmm. What's kind of your your hope in terms of what you're pushing towards in opening up 
you know, Sulawesi and establishing, you know, further establishing your, your practice there and the exploration kind of, what does it look like if you're successful in, you know, three years, five years, however many years you want to go down that route? Uh, that's a tough question. You know, uh, the thing is, I love what I'm doing. I love the place. I love this thing, but, uh, I will define myself as an explorer, so I want to discover new places. I want to expand my uh, area, my area of exploration. So, ideally, if the thing works and I have a lot of customers, I would love to train uh, someone from here. Uh, well, I actually, started to train someone, but it's like a very long process uh, from here, and so you can handle the. Uh, most part of the business and I would like to focus on teaching and uh, exploring all around Indonesia because there's so much more to, to find. So you, there's like 150,000 square kilometers of karst area in the country. It's basically as as big and as large as Belgium. So uh, there's many, many opportunities to uh, explore and very remote place, very pristine place and that's the I really want to expand my exploration game all over the country and be then able to offer uh, different experiences and different uh, places to avid cave diver. So I'm not getting, I'm not planning on getting rich and have a ton of people coming. And uh, because also I, I want to stay focused on quality of training. So uh, the training I provide takes time and it's expensive. I don't provide shortcuts. I don't provide, uh, uh, you know, like zero to hero, uh, which of course, in a way, make me lose a little bit of, of potential customer. Because when people sh- uh, ask me, oh, I want to be a cave diver, and I can tell them, oh yeah, it's going to take you uh, at least two weeks and cost you uh, that much thousand dollar. And then they're like, oh yeah, well, okay, never mind, see you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's, so I've made this choice from the beginning and actually I'm pushing through more and more quality. So I'm extending now. Um, I'm going to announce that quickly, uh, very uh, soon on my webpage that I'm extending the, the required time for my, my training uh, because I feel that uh, we need to take time when we're not cave diving. And Indonesia now is becoming more and more popular. So there's more and more, I mean, people talk about Indonesia as a, Diving destination, which is super great, and there's more and more instructor and more and more diver, which is nice also. Um, but we still haven't had our first accident, and it will happen at some point. It will happen. So uh, I really want to, at least with my students, to kind of transmit uh, a safety awareness culture to them, and that's the only way to do that is to. Uh, maybe like slow down a little bit and take more time for uh, training. Yeah, I fully agree with that. Uh, I think, um, I think that's the right move in a lot of ways that, that especially when it comes to something like cave diving, if you're drinking from a fire hose, the retention when you get that cave card is, is really tough to then apply your learnings. Right. And obviously there's a progressive way that you, that you train. It's not like, you know, you go from open water diver into full cave. So there's Mm -hmm. cavern and intro and so on and so forth. But I think that the quality of training, that's something that I think Nick and I have talked to a lot of, I think people like yourself that are building something new that see it differently, that see the game differently than maybe it has been played in in the past. Mm -hmm. And that the quality um, of training, which requires time and effort, and resources both financially and, and and otherwise to to do it in a way that that um that you get the highest output from so uh, again kudos on that i think that those are the right moves to make especially when it comes to something like cave diving that isn't well established in indonesia yet but is establishing itself like you say the first accident's going to happen that will be an interesting thing around how the government responds and, and all those sorts of, uh, of other pieces I'm sure you've thought about. But, um, but yeah, I think the, the taking the training slow and I think people that value 
good training are willing to pay for it or find a way right to, to yeah, make it work and willing to invest the time and the thing is also the more i, I cave dive the more i progress the more i teach the more i find things that i want to transmit to my students and now i'm like i already like spend like that much like a day of cave diving with learning cave diving with me is so dense so much thing and i don't even I cannot imagine how I could make it shorter. And now every year, every, every time I go to uh, an exploration or diving for myself, I learn something new and that's something I want to transmit. And now it's becoming more and more and more information. And the only, only way I can transmit that is make the call uh, longer. I have no choice. Or I can give you a, a like half course with half knowledge and you will have half safety and hence twice more chance of accidents which I don't want to do, even though it would take, probably bring me more money and more customer. But yeah, that's not another road that I'm willing to take. No, that's great. I love hearing that, especially being in the area that you're in. Um, you know, it's not just like, oh, if someone hurts themselves, they can just pop over, you know, just get mm -hmm. the 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 care that they need um which i don't know if we i don't i don't, I don't think that we asked this question but um going into this so um i'm i'm sitting in somewhere in the states or you know say i just arrived in singapore or whatnot what how does one get to where you are like what's the easiest route the hardest route because i know there's like it's I, I don't think it's a direct flight right it's it's kind of a little bit of a a trek oh, essentially no. to get to. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what like, so say I'm, I'm like, Hey, I want to, I want to take a course with you. How, you know, obviously I'm sure first steps email, you know, things mm -hmm. like that, but how, how does one, yeah. you know, say from Singapore, how would one get to where you are? Okay. So the process of taking a course with me is first like contact me. I usually have the contact by mail or WhatsApp. And then uh, there's this time where we're going to talk a lot about what are your uh, ambition, what is your current experience, what is it you're willing to achieve, why. So I always, I always ask this question, why the hell do you want to do cave diving? And what's wrong with you? Well, what is your motivation? <laughs> what is your motivation? Um, and then when I get the, you know, it's kind of a screening process, not like, me being picky, like, oh, yeah, I want you, I don't want you. It's not the point, but I, I want to I see and make sure that uh, you're here for the good reason and you have the, the required back, diving background to, to do that. So, um, yeah, we talk a lot, ask about the experience, how are you, or is your buoyancy, your dream, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, kind of trying to get to know each other. And then when the deal is done, so from Singapore, you will have to fly to Jakarta, uh, so the capital city, or Bali. So one or the other. Usually Jakarta is way, way cheaper. Uh, and then from Jakarta, you have another flight to uh, Makassar, which is the capital city of Sulawesi. Uh, so that's a two-hour flight. And from Makassar to Baobao, another flight like for 45 minutes. So, okay. And uh, you, you I'm assuming there's, is there multiple flights every day or is it kind of like I land in Makassar, have to yeah. spend the night then? Yeah. No, no. So uh, we've been through different uh, phase with the airlines, uh, but now it's pretty well connected. So you can basically arrive from Jakarta uh, to Makassar and then jump uh, right away to the plane to Bobong. There's like three. So Jakarta, Makassar, there's like, of them every day, like every half an hour, you can get a plane basically. And then, uh, Makassar Baobao, you have three times a day, oh, sometimes cool. two, sometimes three, sometimes four. Uh, nowadays, it's three times a day. Uh, so yeah, you, you can, it's kind of uh, pretty easy. Awesome. And then when, so when I, when I finally make it out there and, and I show up, are you going to, are you going to pick me up and we'll go out for some beers or what? <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to pick you up. We can go out for some beers, definitely. Um, and then, uh, yeah, get ready. So usually like, you know, the day you arrive, 
which I don't count it like as a as a day of of training day, but you know we fill the paperwork, check the equipment, what do you have, what you don't have, uh, you know. So then the next day, the the first day, it's really directly focused on cave diving. You know, we're not losing time of blah blah blah, like filling the paperwork stuff. So yeah, and it take, give you a little bit of time to also rest, rest a bit, getting ready. Awesome. Well, I am definitely very much looking forward to making it your way. Uh, you said we're, you're coming up on rainy rainy season right now, so you're you're going to be doing a little bit of traveling yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to um, Paris for Christmas and the Paris Live Show, and then from here I will go to Mexico and stay in Mexico for a couple months, and then go back to Indonesia. Cool. Awesome. Well, I will, I am definitely, uh, you, you are on my, on the books, like on the plans. I just have to figure it out logistically, but I would definitely love to come in and take a course or, you know, just kind of see that area. Cause I have not been to that part of Sulawesi. Um, so it'd be real interesting to see. I know North Sulawesi, very, you know, Monado, Bunak in that area, very, very little bit, you know, um, but I would, I would definitely love to come and check that area out. I think it'd be a lot of fun. You're more than welcome. Well, good. Well, Robin, we want to say thank you so much for for being on the show and and sharing your story and your dreams and is you know your done? your broken already? loves. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. It's been a fun. It's been a fun hour. Yeah. Wow. So, any any last thoughts? Uh, especially, how can people? get a hold of you. So if, if someone's listening to this and um, they the um, want to make the track out there, the easiest would be to go to the website, www.sulawesi-trek.com. And here you will have all my contact information or you can find me on Instagram, diving Robin, uh, send me a mail through the website and I will be happy to answer you very quickly. Awesome. So, um, <laughs> Sulawesi dive track.com. Yep. Correct. Or diving Robin on Instagram. Uh, diving underscore uh, Robin. Diving underscore Robin. Good. Yeah. So please, if you're interested in, uh, getting a hold of Robin, reach out and you, you hear his passion for this, his experience in it. And the fact that he's willing to work 24 <laughs> seven, Yep. on so your behalf be nice. to make sure that you're safe be nice. so far I've, I've been very be nice i've been very lucky because all the guests i had were like super cool and had such an amazing time and i'm really uh enjoying this time spent with them but i mean having someone when you don't get along with and stay like 24 hours 24 hours with them <laughs> will probably be an experience but i want to believe that cadaver or aspiring cadaver are all very cool people yeah, you need you need to create a checklist for yeah. asshole guest. <laughs> <laughs> them what do you do when someone's a jerk? You know, yeah, like <laughs> you know, put them in the padded trailer in the back somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. find ways to drop them off somewhere. Well, good. Well, Robin, thank you so much. Um, any parting thoughts? Uh, I'm sick. I've said most. I'm very glad that you invited me here. Uh, I was, you know, I've been isolated from the the, the, the scuba diving, uh, you know, fame and uh, public relation because I was in my very remote place with mostly no communication with the outside world during the, the COVID. So I'm glad I'm able now to spread the world and, and really talk about my place. It's really fantastic. Uh, it's nothing like Mexico uh, when it comes to uh really getting into a new country, new culture. You're going to see like it's a different universe, totally different universe. So if you come here, you of course have the, the cave diving thing, uh, but all what comes around uh, make usually make it like a very, very great and interesting trip. Yeah, I, I had planned at some point next year to come right. out to see Nick, and now I'm kind of like saying – Maybe I'll I'll go to Indonesia first, Nick, and uh, and then I'll, I'll or after I see you, because uh, that's definitely something that I'm on the path towards. 
um, is is completing my cave. So uh, it would be awesome to come and see some some. I mean, everyone's seen kind of or talks about the Mexican caves yeah. and obviously the Florida caves here. Don't get me wrong, I love um, Mexico. My tech instructor. I love Mexico. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, but it's um, two different, totally different thing. But see, I'm I'm Filipino, so mm-hmm. you know, being in Southeast Asia, there's something special to me about that area. So, uh, so anyway, that that's amazing. So, SulawesiDiveTrek.com mm. or at Robin underscore Diver on Instagram. Um, reach out, and maybe maybe we'll be in a course together if if you're listening to this right now. Uh, Nick, any parting thoughts before we wrap this one up? Uh, yeah, man. No, you got you got me sold because I do love, love Indonesia. Absolutely love. And and to tell you the truth, I've only been to Bali once and that's where a lot of people fall in love with Indonesia. But I've fell in love with Sulawesi and some other parts of Indonesia. So, no, man, I'm, I'm honestly, you'll, I, I definitely want to come out and um, see what you have to offer out there. I think it would be absolutely amazing. So thank you very much. And hopefully... Um, if you had a good time, you'll definitely come back on and, and, you know, we can have a part two. Uh, we love to have the reoccurring guests on and you can tell us more about what's going on, but no, definitely it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. Um, once I make it out there, so probably after the wet season, but, uh, yeah, definitely expect me, man. So yeah, for sure. All right. All right. Well, let's wrap this one up. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please reach out to Robin. Um, you can also find Nick and I at thedivetable.com where you can send us a message or leave us a voicemail or whatever you want to do. Leave a review. Um, and also make sure that you subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. And that way you get notified when new episodes drop. Um, you can also, uh, Nick likes to talk about our dive clubs, but they're still existing so and growing. So uh, join a dive club, uh, become a patron of the show uh, so we can continue to bring amazing guests on the show and uh, continue to, to build the dive table community as we've been doing. So thanks for joining us. Um, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, reach out to Robin. I'll let him know that, that you heard uh, about uh, him, even if it's just to say hi, if you have no plans to be out there in Indonesia, just that you heard his story and, um, and that you're a supporter of what he's doing. And from our end, we hope to have you back on the next episode of The Dive Table. The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.